Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. 5-3, your final score. Flames have won their season opener in back-to-back years. That never happened. And now they've won their uh, season opener in two straight games. They do so with a 5-3 victory over the Winnipeg Jets here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames win their season opener 5-3. Your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Good atmosphere, lots of goals, and the Flames get their season going on the right foot. And we go to the locker room right now. Let's get some immediate post-game reaction. Pat Steinberg with you and Rasmus Anderson joins us from the Flames locker room right now. Raz, we uh, we talked after that last pre season game and you said yeah it's time to get the regular season going how how did it feel tonight knowing that this one mattered for real no it felt good um well that's a heavy buzz but uh yeah um, ever. yeah it feels good <laughs> um as i said back then you know you just want to kind of get going and uh it's always good to start with a win um tell me about the game how did it feel out there what did you like about the way your group played tonight um i like the way we stuck uh, stuck with it um didn't love our uh play with the puck I thought we were a little sloppy a little uh, I don't know if it was you know first game uh, first game nerves or whatever it was but um, you know we stuck with it and we, we found a way to win tonight and uh, that's huge tell us about your goal gave the Flames a 3-2 lead in the second period how did it all unfold for you shorthanded yeah I was uh, I'm still hesitating if I should go or not <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> it was a PK and I was kind of the last man but Lindy made a good pass and uh, you know, the, the puck was rolling a little bit. I, th- I think that threw a hell of a off, but uh, it was nice to see that one go in. Just the overall comfort level with, uh, and I know it's early in the season, how comfortable did you feel with some of the new X's and O's that your group is working on? No, I feel good. I mean, uh, you, you you know, you just kind of, you still have to get into it. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of new things, but, uh, you know, we had the entire preseason to work on it. I, I thought it was okay today. I think... Uh, we let them have too many high danger in, in, inside a slot, but uh, other than that, I, you know, it's going to come a long way, and um, we're going to get more and more comfortable with it. Final thought: Good to see your boy Mange looked a whole lot more like himself tonight, didn't he? Yeah, about time. No, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. Uh, thank you for this, Ras. Good luck on Saturday in Pittsburgh. Hey, thank you, thank you. Rasmus Anderson post game following a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. He right, he, he's right. That was quite the buzz. We got to get that figured out. We'll have to uh, work on that uh, for our our next home game. Final score here at the Scotia Bank Saddledome. Flames win the opener 5-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. Our Flames Talk post game show is underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and of course live after every game right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. It's Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills around the table following this one. And, uh, hey, the uh, the Flames kept on fighting back. Uh, there were definitely some uh, some growing pains, it felt like, at times in this game tonight. And Winnipeg spent a lot of time on the attack. But, uh, Megan, a, a resilient effort from the Flames tonight. And they come away with a victory to kick off the season. Yeah, what I thought was impressive was their ability to bounce back. I think that... You know, throughout the course of the game, it was up and down and a lot of back and forth. But emotionally and mentally, they seemed to stay on a really even keel. And every time that the the Jets pushed, they pushed right back. I don't know where this game goes if Jacob Markstrom doesn't have his A game Mm -hmm. in the first 10 minutes. It might be two or three nothing Jets, and it might be nighty night for the Flames. Mm -hmm. But... He was so good early in this game when his team was running around, giving up one grade-A chance after another, and he kept it 0-0. And 
Then Andrew Mangiapane scores to, to make it one nothing for the home team, and they never trailed in this hockey game. So, you know, kudos to Jacob Markstrom for being ready to play when some or maybe most of his teammates weren't. Uh, it was the first game of the season. It was a long day. There was a lot of emotion. So I get it. But it, this felt like a game the Flames would have found a way to lose last season. And it almost felt like uh, a reverse of what we saw from this team on so many nights last season where they would outshoot and they would outchance their opponent, but they wouldn't outscore them. You know, the Jets were good tonight, but Flames found a way to win, and that's what good teams do. Uh, I, I, I'm i a little – they've got some fine-tuning to do in their own zone. Yeah. Uh, I know that they said they're going to be spending more time in their zone, a little bit more than last year, but to the tune of five-on-five five shot attempts, almost double, 59-30. Yeah. 33.7% on their shot rate. That, that that has to change, and they've got to do a better job protecting the house because the one thing the Flames didn't do last year with all their zone time is get quality chances. Jets had 15 slot shots yeah. from, or 15 sh- slot attempts at 5-on-5 five five in this game. So there, there's definitely some fine-tuning that needs to be done, but to your point, and it wasn't just in the first period, that, that flurry that Jacob Markstrom made before Rasmus Anderson scored the 3-2 goal, that doesn't happen if Markstrom isn't outstanding in that stretch. I thought he was one of the two best players on the ice for the Flames tonight. I agree, and tonight was a double whammy defensively in the sense that last season they didn't spend a lot of time in the defensive zone, but when there was a breakdown... It was a bad one and would usually lead to a, at least a grade-A chance, if not a goal against. Tonight, they spent more time in the defensive zone and still gave up those grade-A chances. So the idea was, yeah, we might, we might be defending more, but we're not going to give up the high-danger scoring chances that we did last season. But what you don't want to do is both defend a lot and give up those chances, right? And to be fair, I don't think that we saw as many grade-A scoring chances in the preseason than we saw tonight. So I think that, like you said, Pat, there's things to clean up and that they, they need to do better. But it hasn't happened consistently yet. And that's, yep. that's it's when still you, the first game. That's when you start to get worried is, okay, if this happens on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Penguins, then you're worried. Yep. But I do think that it's the grade-A quality scoring chances that were alarming, but also getting outnumbered in front of the net and letting guys get in behind you as a defenseman. You can't interfere with them to keep them from getting in behind you, um, but you need to do something so that you make sure that you're not getting outnumbered in front of your goaltender. And what we noticed tonight, and they're playing differently in the defensive zone this season, playing zone as opposed to to man-on-man, which they did last season, is quite often uh, a player would throw the puck into space. Mm -hmm. And what I don't know, I'm going to have to ask a coach about it. Is that his fault? Or was there supposed to be someone there as an outlet for for him, right? So that's something you pointed out a number of times, Mm -hmm. is that a guy would have the puck and... I'm not saying it was the right decision because it did lead to a turnover, but I do wonder if they're expecting some support to be there that isn't there. Yeah, so there was two situations for me tonight where the puck was thrown into those errant spaces, and it was the defenseman. So when the defenseman gets the puck down low, oftentimes um, you call it kind of an automatic play is when the centerman or whoever is that support person, that second layer, is supposed to be you know five to six feet away from 
you so that when you get it, you can just kind of pop it into that space. And sort of the same thing as the winger on the wall when you get the puck and you're under pressure, then you want to have your centerman sort of five to six feet away from you. So again, you pop it out into that area in there right there. In saying that, while they're often automatic plays, you still need to take a look (laughs) because those are dangerous areas to just throw the puck. So just taking a quick peek over your shoulder, I think that's a quick and easy fix. One of the things that you talked about pregame was shot selection. Mm -hmm. They they did score on a good chunk, like a good chunk of their goals came from quality opportunities. So they didn't get a lot of shots, not a ton of attempts, but they did capitalize when they got them in this game tonight. And another thing that I really liked, I thought special teams was a big time strength. Power play scored a goal and I thought was the most dangerous they looked at any point was when they had their three power plays. And I thought Winnipeg looked their least dangerous when they were on power plays. I thought Calgary special teams came to play tonight. 100%. Perfect on the penalty kill with a shorthanded goal. And they score one on the power play as well. And I think we all pointed it out on Twitter slash X yesterday. The Flames didn't spend a ton of time practicing special teams last season. And when you practice the power play, you can practice the penalty kill at the same time. But yesterday, they practiced it not once but twice. They practiced it at the start of practice on fresh ice, where they just had the five power play guys out there. And then they practiced it at the end of practice on bad ice, where they had their power play, and penalty kill personnel out there. Mm-hmm. Generally, when you practice something, you get better at it. And Mark Savard is in charge of the power play. Dan Lambert is in charge of the penalty kill. They practiced it yesterday, and it uh, paid off today. Well, and the difference that I saw as well on the power play tonight, I think watching in the preseason, you could almost see where they were going to move the puck and the types of plays that they were going to make. I think that their power play tonight was more unpredictable in that when you were watching, like, as an analyst watching, I was like, I didn't know what they were going to do. Like, Huberto got the puck on the half wall, and I thought he was going to shoot, and then he passed it, or pa- thought he was going to pass, and then he shot it. So that unpredictability, I think, is something that we haven't seen, but saw more of that tonight. Mm-hmm. Flames win 5-3 to kick off the season. It's Pat Steinberg, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills around the table on your Flames Talk postgame show. And now Kale McLean, Flames assistant coach, joins us here in the Hot Stove Lounge as well. Kale, what do you make of uh, this one tonight as your group gets off to uh, a good start on the season well i think that the bottom line is we got two points out of it um there's going to be some things we need to dig into uh when it comes to video when it comes to thinking about what we're doing moving ahead here uh didn't like our start especially but at the same time when you can when you can find a way to sort of persevere and manage the game in the third period which i thought we did a pretty good job of uh, aside from a gaff that sort of you know put us into a tie game late but i thought there was some better pace in our game in the third period and i think that we built in the right direction so that's a real positive and you know getting anytime you get two points in the nhl is a positive for sure and a lot of the talk coming into this game i know uh Husk mentioned it this morning was managing the emotions Uh, and I mentioned to him that the 2014 Olympics in Sochi we were playing 9 p.m. games and (laughs) those are tough but not dissimilar to today an 816 puck drop how do you think the group did it was a bit of a slow start but overall throughout the course of the night in terms of managing those emotions 
I think that um, it was a slow start for sure. Whether that was the the timing of the start or it was the idea that it's your first one at home, you know, in front of your crowd, and you tend to want to make a great play. And when you want, when you sort of want to make a great play, sometimes your feet stop, and all of a sudden you're playing slow, and then you can't make any plays. So I think that we had a little bit of that going on in our game early, where I think guys wanted to be the 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 man in that in that scenario and they didn't um they didn't sort of pay the price to get moving and move the puck quick get north with it and as a result we didn't get much accomplished at all and then as we sort of settled into the game and i think whether it was nerves or the the team game just started to sort of present itself we played faster in the second period i think that we played faster in the third period we stayed out of the box a little better in the second half of the game because that was obviously a problem early. And uh, so we just started to put ourselves in a better position despite it being tied late. I thought we just did a better um, job managing the game. A number of Flames are hoping to have bounce-back seasons, and at the top, or at least near the top of that list, I think it's safe to say is Jacob Markstrom. I know he gave up three, but how'd you like him tonight? Real, I really liked him. Yeah, he made he had to do way too much tonight. I think that's where we we say we love the two points, but at the same time, you can't look at the chances and the high dangers and things like that and say, yeah, we'll we'll live with that recipe every night. We need to clean it up in our zone. We need to clean it up uh, in different areas, and we need to give Jacob uh, less stress in front of his net. There's too much coming from under mm -hmm. the goal line. There's too much into the slot. So I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, and he, you know, kept us in this game until we sort of were able to, to, again, get our game under us. And, you know, credit to the guys for coming up with a big play late. But we wouldn't have been in that position if not for Jacob having, you know, made a lot of quality saves. We're chatting with Cam McLean, Flames assistant coach, after this 5-3 Flames win over Winnipeg. Uh, that swap of Manjapani and Dubé as they swap lines, was that mostly a product of, of how well Andrew was going tonight? Yeah, and I, I think so. I think that he, he sort of worked himself up into that line. We've always loved Andrew with um, Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund. We know that's a great line. It has, you know, historically over the last few years, the stat lines have said that it's it's a chance-producing line. But at the same time, Manji was, you know, feeling it and good opportunity to mix him in with Lindy and Hubie and as a result they had you know found some chemistry in there and I think vice versa I think um, you know when Dylan was with the others that helped as well so a little bit of mixing and matching going on and uh, you know we came up with that big goal that we needed late so credit to Husk for being willing to tinker a little bit where it needed. Uh, a bit of a technical tactical question mm -hmm. um in terms of plays that you guys would consider kind of like automatics, it looks like in the D zone you're trying to implement some of those um, with having that centerman in a really good support position. So when the D get the puck, that they can kind of pop it to the middle. The winger gets the puck, they can pop it to the middle. Yep. Uh, even in the O zone, I think that we've seen a number of times where if somebody's in trouble under pressure, they can rim it around the boards to the D on the far side and they're there. Are those types of plays that you guys are trying to implement more of just to make sure that when there is that type of pressure that you guys have an easy out? Uh, a fair amount, and I I think that uh, when it comes to our defensive zone, part of our system is having the center more in a in a 
I don't want to say neutral, that'd be a bad term for it, but a more supportive position all the way around the ice. And the the benefit of that is when the puck turns over, the center should be pretty close mm-hmm. to the puck. So it gives them a, a good opportunity for that quick play that is predictable or automatic, as you say. And then if you flip it around into the offensive zone, I think it's the, the idea that, yeah, that close support, whether it's, you know, you know, uh, it's one thing to rim to the weak side, but it's also something where we want to get the puck to the inside of the ice as quick as we can, so that close support in some fashion. But I think what it all comes down to is the predictability. As you know, if you're predictable and you have, like, before a play happens, you have an idea of, like, probably what's that puck carrier's decision is going to be, mm-hmm. then your whole team seems faster. And I think that is what we're trying to do and that's what you're getting at I would say right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. being predictable to your teammates so that you know in those situations that that plays there when you're in trouble exactly and some people would say well isn't that predictable to the opponent if they watch you well even if it is it's like it's your game versus theirs and if you're on like they can't keep up with it you know what I mean and that's I think the I'd, having done a lot of the five-on-five uh, five pre-scouting over the last few years, I know teams do the same thing night after night. It's just whoever's more on that night, right? So, In his first truly meaningful National Hockey League game, I thought Matt Coronado was around it, especially in the first 40 minutes. I look at the game sheet, uh, team-high three shots and six attempts, but on the flip side, minus two. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the new number 27 in his first game of the season? Well, I, I like the six attempts, you know, on the power play down low on the goal line. He was not afraid to take a step, see if he could stuff something short side. He's got a great shot and he's got the ability to pick corners. So don't shy away from that. Um, having three shots on net and six attempts is a good, that's a good stat line for him. If he can get that at least every night, then he's going to score a lot of goals. Um, there, I think there are some moments in the game that uh, this pace elevated again. And I think there's a few moments he'd like back, but overall I thought it was, a, it was a solid start for him. He wants to keep that shot mentality going. He made a great play. I, can't, I think it was third period where he received a sort of a longer pass into the neutral zone and he cut on, upon reception to the inside and he made you know, the next play in with Kadri. I think it was, and like it was a it was a pretty high level play that he made to create a rush out of what was a tough pass to catch from directly behind him going north. So he's he's doing some good things. So he didn't get on the board tonight. That's okay. I think he's gonna. We'll make sure he's on his defensive responsibilities, and he needs to keep shooting the puck. You guys moved him to PP one earlier in the week. I thought he looked quite good and fit right in with that group. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think that he did. He is not afraid to shoot it, and we need that. We need to have guys that want to rip the puck, and he's the guy that really can. Like he's, as we saw in training camp, he was dangerous in exhibition there with uh, with um, shots from the flank. He's a little more inside generally on this PP at the moment, but I think it's a good thing. I think get him around really good players and get him a lot of puck touches down around the net. He's going to be successful. Thank you, Kale. Congrats on the win. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. It's Kale McLean, Flames assistant coach, following a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The season is officially underway. Calgary now uh, jets off on a five-game road trip starting in Pittsburgh on Saturday. They'll practice Thursday and then uh, fly on Friday before playing Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. By the way, our marquee matchup uh, brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were focused on Matt Coronado's first official 
meaningful NHL game. No offense to Game 82. I know that was a special night. He got the solo lap last year and all that. But uh, this one meant something. When it was all said and done, Matt Coronado, as you mentioned, at the six-shot attempts, three shots on net. Here's the really positive part about Coronado's night. Five of those six-shot attempts were deemed scoring chances over at Natural Statric, and three of them in the slot or the house area. So three of his six attempts were slot shots on uh, on Wednesday night in this 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Pat, Derek, Megan around the table uh, as the Flames open up the season with a victory. Let's select tonight's hardest-working Flame now. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com which way are we go on tonight mick this was a tough one i think i have to give honorable mention to andrew majapani he had an outstanding game with two goals one assist and plus two and had a really solid defensive game as well but i'm going to give it to jacob markstrom just because of the amount of he was working tonight, ch- wasn't he? <laughs> he really had to work, yeah, and, and stretch it out a couple of times to make some key saves. I thought that especially early on he made he made some big saves. Uh, obviously, that the one goal early on that he would like to have back, but he really held the team in there while they got their feet under them. And Kale talked about, you know, it took them a little bit of time to really find their game and get things going. And I think that Jacob Markstrom allowed them the time to be able to do that. And without him making the saves that he made at key times in the game tonight, they wouldn't have won that hockey game. So Jacob Markstrom. Can I offer up an honorable mention as well? Sure. Elias Lindholm. Mm. Isn't that nice that we have two, one two goal, honorable mentions? One assist, plus two, three shot attempts, yeah. 21 and four, 84% in the faceoff circle, and he played a team high, not just amongst forwards, amongst all skaters, 21 minutes and 47 seconds. Wow. I think it's a good sign when you have a hard time picking the hardest working flame yep. well it's if you a, have a hard time for the right reasons yes yeah exactly yes. <laughs> there, there, will be, learn. there will be yeah. nights when it's, yeah. you're like who i'm still heck? new here <laughs> uh jacob markstrom is your hardest working flame for the season opener it's brought to you by canyon plumbing and heating want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements learn from the best send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com uh, flames talk post game is underway apple spotify google amazon wherever you get your podcasts live right here on sports at 960 the fan give us a call 403-240-4444 if you want to chat fire us a text at 960 960 as well we'll get to your phone calls and texts in just a few minutes also head coach ryan huska in just minutes as well but first some final thoughts from our broadcast crew one game in the books meg it's a one it's a one and all record for the flames a 5-3 victory over the jets uh how do we uh, wrap this one up from your standpoint yeah i think at the end of the day they found a way to win Uh, They had some key saves, uh, key points in the game from Jacob Markstrom and found ways to score as well when they really needed to rode the waves of the the momentum swings throughout the course of the game. I think that at the end of the day, specialty teams were key for for them. Five on five, not their strongest. Uh, Some things that they're going to need to fine-tune, especially in the defensive zone. But specialty teams were key uh, in coming through. So I think that it's a good start to the season for the team and, and for the group. 
they're going to go on the road now and have some time to to spend together. It's a good way to to kick off a road trip. Wilsey, I know you mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. So a good way for them to kick off the season uh, to get things going. But no doubt that they'll have some things to, to tweak and to fine tune. But a lot of positives to take away as well. Yeah, there's quite a bit to clean up. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But It's game one. But... This team found new and inventive ways to lose last season. They found a way to win tonight. They did. In a back-and-forth battle that could have gone either way, they got that one save. They got that one goal that they just couldn't seem to get on so many nights last season. So at the end of the night, a 5-3 win in game one when you've got 81 games to find two things. Uh, I think that uh, that's a job well done. And just to kind of reiterate what I said at the end of our, our broadcast, uh, congratulations to Craig Conroy on his first win as general manager, mm-hmm. to Ryan Huska on his first win as head coach, to Michael Backlund on his first win as captain. And you know, the Flames game presentation team did a phenomenal job. The LED bracelets looked mm-hmm. amazing from our vantage point up in the Peter Marr Radio broadcast booth sponsored by South Point Toyota. And then there was the pregame ceremony, and I didn't know that they were going to invite Kelsey Snow and her kids, uh, Cohen and Will, out to do the ceremonial puck drop. But on the eve of Chris Snow's memorial service, just such a great touch, uh, such an emotional time and such an emotional moment, but special for the Snow family and everybody who supported them. Uh, And, of course, the Flames have have done everything to support them over the last five or so years. So uh, they won this one for Snowy. Uh, and that was pretty cool. Uh, well said. See you at practice on Thursday morning, friends. Have a great night. Good night, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Megan Mickelson also one and zero on uh, Flames radio broadcast with games that matter. I don't. No, nobody. Nobody cares about Megan's preseason record, uh, but one and zero on the regular season, so undefeated as well. I, I think that's also an important stat to track. Uh, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Give us a call 403-240-4444. Oh, look at those phone lines firing up. I like to see that. Fire us a text at nine sixty nine sixty as well. Uh, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska following a five three Flames win over Winnipeg here at the Sco. Bank saddle them. Husk, how do you uh, evaluate that one? I think we look at the goaltending as maybe the go-to one, but overall, how do you see it? Two points, um, and Jacob was great for us in that. We scored a power play goal, got a shorthanded goal, and uh, we found a way to hold on. Can you talk about uh, the defensive play? I'm assuming that's yeah. a work in progress. To say it's, it's not even so much the defensive play. It's more the puck play as to how many times we gave it back to them and um, how often they came out of scrums or, or battles with it. So that's that's one big thing that I think leads to some of the, the challenges that we had tonight. So until you know that gets cleaned up, you can be in the right spots all you want, but you're going to take on water. Okay, so the structure is not was not so much a concern. Tonight. Not in our own zone. The structure wasn't horrible. It was us continually giving it back to them, which made us take on a lot of water tonight. How important was it to see Andrew back in that sort of offensive groove that we've known he can be in? Um, really important for him um, coming off uh, you know a, a surgery, uh, coming back and trying to find his game again a little bit. So it, it was nice to see him get rewarded, and um, you know I felt like he got better and better as the game went on too. That's what you saw him on that line with 
uh, Lindholm and Huberto towards the end of the game. You thought he was going well for your group, giving the boost. He was he was better, and I, I just don't think there was much going on there. So um, Andrew's got the ability to to create, and he's also when he's at his best, he can be tenacious, and we needed a little bit more of that. And you yeah. you know the spotlight that Jacob yeah. is in, and you know that every play is going to be dissected. Just the nature of the goaltending position. So. How important is it for you to see him get off to a start like this tonight? I don't even, it's not important for me. Like I, I believe in him um, as much or more than anybody on our team. So, uh, you know, he knows that we have uh, all sorts of trust and faith in him. So he's he's an elite goaltender. Um, and when he's at his very best, he's very hard to beat. And you look at like tonight's game, the first 10 minutes, it could have been significantly different than what it was, if not for him being ready to play. So he did a great job for us tonight, as expected. In terms of the defensive zone, it did seem at times like there was there were guys open in front of the net, yeah. probably more than you would Well, a lot of the penalty kill, for sure. Yeah. Is that... Is that adjustment you guys can make? Um, well, we'll have to fix it for sure. I mean, that's not the place you want to give up scoring chances at all, yeah. But Winnipeg did a good job tonight. You know, there's sometimes when you look at teams, um, when they lose games, they deserve to lose them. Sometimes they deserve a better fate. They probably deserved a better fate tonight in general. Ryan, the home opener is always exciting, but I yeah. just want to ask you about the, the emotion of, of Chris Snow's family dropping the pocket yeah. and everything that goes along with that and trying to kind of, you know, that focus on this game, this game. Yeah, it's uh, a hard one. I mean, that's a, a big piece of our organization. And, and I think, w as with anybody in the building, when um, you see the family, uh, it, it hits home a little bit. You know, there's a lot of people in here that have kids. Um, and it's tough when they lose their dad at a, at a young age. But, um, you know, the crowd did an amazing job of, of kind of saluting him with a, a nice ovation for. Um, a lengthy period of time as well as uh, Kelsey and the kids so it's uh, a tough one but um, we're, we're there with them that's for sure. On a personal note is this one you'll remember as your first win as a head coach in the NHL? Uh, I'll remember it for sure I wish it was a little bit better of a game but most definitely we'll remember it. Let me just talk about the, the response after they tied the game uh, and that, that, that four check and there were a couple shifts in a row that ended up leading to the goal that yeah. were uh, Symbolic in a lot of ways of you guys not. We just don't want to go into overtime again. Yeah. Like to get that point now. Well, I actually started. I felt like we started to skate a little bit in the third period. We started to chase pucks down a little bit more and actually not try to have to complete every single play. Um, you know, and I felt as the game went on or we got late in it, the the intensity ratcheted up the way it should be from guys. So the last five minutes, there was more kind of hard to our game and that's what we're going to need to see for the full 60 minutes not just when a game's on the line it seemed like Huberto had a couple couple nice moments throughout the game it's too bad he hit the post at the end yeah. obviously but happy with what you saw from him um yeah i mean it's a funny game to evaluate um we are it's nice to get the win there's a lot of work that has to be done with our whole team in general Huey's uh he's a great player and I think as I mentioned many times before I think you're going to see a lot of great things from him this year there you go that is head coach Ryan Huska boy uh if you didn't pick it up in Kale McLean's voice when he joined us earlier uh, you picked it up from the head coach. They won. They'll take the two points, but they did not love a lot of what they saw out there in the season opener tonight. How uh, Great question by Logo. I was like, memorable first win as a head coach. I'll remember it. I just wish we played a better game. <laughs>
okay. Uh, they've got some fine tuning to do. There is no doubt about it that that and and I think that you saw some of the growing pains of uh, learning things a little bit differently X's and O's wise in their own zone they spent way too much time they had a very difficult time exiting their own zone cleanly there was some really uncharacteristic giveaways Jacob Markstrom came to play he was great and made sure that that stuff didn't bite them in the end but yeah, they've got some fine-tuning to do. But it's also only game one of the regular season, and I think we knew this was going to take some time. And so, yeah, they've got fine-tuning to do. They'll get right to it Thursday morning at practice with video and such. Um, and I think it is going to be a little bit of a process. But on night one, to have the high dangers at 5-on-5, five 15-5 five, five for the other team, to have the shot attempts at 5-on-5, five 59-30 for the other team, to own only 33 points seven percent of the shot share yeah that's not going to be where the flames want it and so they've got some things to work on no doubt about that lots to get to call now 403-240-4444 text now 960-960 your phone calls your texts around the corner our flames talk post game show is underway on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcast to your phone calls to your texts when we come back 5-3 your final score flames beat the winnipeg jets this is your Flames Talk post-game show, and this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Final score here from the Scotiabank Saddledome Flames 5, Jets 3. That's how the Flames open the season here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And two years in a row, um, they win their season opener because eh, that hadn't happened in a while prior to last year in their win over Colorado. And tonight, a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Your Flames Talk post game: Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan Pat Steinberg along with you back for another year of your Flames Talk post game. Let's get to tonight's save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Shockingly, Jacob Markstrom got the start tonight. No, we all knew Jacob was going to get the start. A lot of people wondering what Jacob Markstrom was going to look like. The answer, very good. Jacob Markstrom made numerous high-end stops and his save of the game comes in period number two. Zeilers up the left wing side, he drops Pionk, shoots, and a diving block by Coleman. Rebound to Schmidt, and out of Perfetti, and they're both stopped by Markstrom. Right before the end of the period. Massive saves by Jacob Markstrom. Will allow the Flames to head to the dressing room following 40 minutes with a 3-2 lead in this season opening game against the Jets. And that is... Two of the saves made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. Two of his 35 stops in a very solid outing. And that are uh, those, I guess, would be Jacob's saves of the game. The save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And yeah, you know, one of the two, three best players on the ice for the Flames tonight was Jacob Markstrom, and I know there will be some. I'm curious as to what my boy Will in BC's got to say. Uh, we'll get to him a little bit later on. Uh, there will be some that won't like the Kyle Connor goal that tied the game, but if Jacob is not dialed from the start of this game, and if Jacob is not on it for pretty much the entire night, he had three or four stretches where he had to be 
dialed for four and five shots in a row, and I thought he was on it. Um, and if he's not, they don't win this hockey game. Jacob was one of the most important guys in winning this game. 35 stops. Manchapani was really strong as well. Uh, I thought Lindholm had a pretty solid game. Uh, some stretches for Matt Coronado as well. But, yeah, I thought Jacob Markstrom played himself a really strong game tonight, and that's a, uh, a nice start to his season. That's got to be a good confidence builder for him. And on the outside, if you're a fan, it's got to be a pretty good confidence builder as well. Let's hear from him quickly. Uh, Jacob Markstrom postgame following his 35-save outing and following a 5-3 Flames victory. You're pretty confident tonight. Was it the case that you, you feel it in front of them? Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, everyone... Everyone on the ice was confident, and you know we believe in each other. And uh, it's been a long wait for the season to start, and you know now it's here, and now uh, you know it's it's fun to go back to work and you know battle and play you know important games for points. And uh, you know there there's not a better feeling than to to come out with a big W after a tight game. It was an emotional night, I guess, with with Christo's family coming. Up. How big was it to, to kind of get the win for? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, uh, you know, I wanna wanna thank uh, you know obviously the Snow family for for coming out and dropping the puck. Yeah, it's a lot of emotions, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough to you know they're losing a, a husband, a father, and uh, you know they were they were so strong out there, and uh, you know I think it, it hit home for a lot of people out there. Jacob, with all the changes to the defensive zone as a goalie, do you have to adjust to what your defenders are doing out there on a nightly basis? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a learning process, but my job is still to stop all the pucks that come through. And, uh, you know, uh, today three went past, but, you know, we, we scored four and came up with a huge goal with a minute left. And, you know, that shows a lot of character after, you know, they've been pushing a bit. You lost so many one-goal games last year, I guess. How important was it to, to you know, fight back after? We play one game this year, and then we're looking for game two. We're not looking back. We're now we just got to keep looking forward, and we're not going to compare season or 10 years ago. And, you know, 15 years ago, I was 18 years old. So, you know, that doesn't matter what I did then. It's, uh, we're looking forward here. How, how did it feel for you tonight, personally? No, good. Obviously, you know, it's a few goals. So you want you want to get back, but, you know, the guys battled. And, you know, overall, you know, I thought it was seen packed well. And, Moving well, and uh, you know, got got a ton of help from from the D forward and center, and you know, a penalty kill was really good. That is Jacob Markstrom post game following his first win of the season, following Calgary's first win of the season, a 35 save outing for Jacob Markstrom tonight in a Flames 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show. Let's dive in on the text line for the first time at 960. 960. Uh, let's uh, let's just go through some of our texts. What do we got here? Uh, phone lines in just a second. By the way, you can still call it 403-240-4444. We'll get there. There very shortly, but on the text line, uh, Wedley says uh, Wedley's one and zero going to the game. All right, Wedley uh, off to a good start. That's what I like to hear. Uh, this says I think everyone's harping too hard on the team. It's the first of eighty-two. Cut some slack, slack. Let them find their footing and find their identity. I think that's very fair too. Like, was tonight very sloppy? Yep. Do they've got a lot of fine tuning to do? Yep. But also, I'm not all that surprised that there were some very glaring growing pain errors because it was the first game at full speed with a lot of brand new X's and O's at both ends of the ice. And so 
for that reason, I wondered if it was going to be some growing pains as the year got going. And there definitely were in this game tonight. But yeah, I'm, the, first, they won the game. Second, they got a good performance from some important players, or good performances, rather, including Jacob Markstrom. And, and so, yeah, it might take some time and there might continue to be growing pains but I do think it's a process and yeah I'll I'll cut him some slack in the early stages of the game especially if we see some marked improvement kind of game after game or week after week and stuff like that Uh, this says great start for the Flames I'm all for the team taking less shots but making them count if Jacob plays like this all year I see no reason why the Flames can't take top three in the Pacific how important is it for the Flames depth to be better than the other teams in this division could that be their X factor? I think that is maybe the most important thing for the Flames this year, or one of the most important things. Jacob Markstrom having a bounce back, huge. Bounce back players like Huberdo, Manjapani, Lindholm, um, some other guys that need to have better years than they did last year. Yep. But this team, from a big picture standpoint and not looking at individuals, I think that is going to be the best way that the Flames win hockey games, or the, the best formula, rather, for the Flames to win hockey games this year. Use their depth as their as their strength. You know, not a lot of teams can go one, two, three down the middle with Lindholm, Kadri, and Backlund. So have Backlund and Kadri win some matchups. That helps you on the road when other teams have the last change. It gives you advantages when you're line matching on home ice. Use that um, and and use your ability to have superior depth to some other teams and and have that be something that they can really lean back on. So I think that's going to be a huge X factor, if you want to call it that, or just huge factor, period, in the Flames having success this year. Uh, This says, I will say, I really respect how Huska owned it, different than what Hartley would have said after a game like that, but I also think this season is going to prove a lot of Sutter haters wrong. We'll see. Um, I I get what you're saying. I also think it's game one of 82 with a lot of new things being instituted. So that earlier text, I, I will cut some slack myself in the early stages of the game. Uh, this says, the difference between Sutter and Huska was immediately apparent. Last year, those final two minutes would consist of Richie, Lewis, and Lucic just trying not to collapse. Instead, Huska sends out his top guys. They go on the offensive, and they get rewarded for it. Cheers to the new coach. Cheers to the new season. Flames hockey is back, baby. Uh, this from Xavier. I was at the Dome tonight. One heck of a pregame show. Snow family, my condolences, especially to the children. Great to see them there. Marky won the game for him tonight. It wasn't a nice one. One, but a win nonetheless. Let's clean it up in front of Markey, and they'll have one of the best seasons ever. Good start. Uh, Jacob says, thoughts on offense from the D and physicality from Zadorov being a momentum shifter. Well, yeah, I definitely think them getting offense all year long from the back will be something that can shift momentum. It did twice in this game with Uyghur's goal and Anderson's goal. Both were just nice shots, placed well. Uh, so, yes, I, and I think with Uyghur, Hannafin, Anderson specifically, You've got some opportunity for some offense with uh, with this group uh, on defense, and and we'll see how that plays itself out. We'll see what Zadorov can do coming off a career year in goals. As for Zadorov's physicality, that hit he laid on Nemesnikov looked like it hurt, and that was just a good solid body check from a big man. And so yeah, Nikita's physicality can absolutely uh, turn the tide in hockey games and turn momentum. 
Uh, this from Alex. I think it's going to take some time for this team to find identity. Last year, win or lose, we always knew what to expect, and they rarely deviated from script. I think we saw glimpses of the way they want to play, but that Jets team steamrolled them five on five. If Markstrom plays like he did tonight, and if the special teams can stay hot, it'll give this team a chance to find their identity. Good point, Alex. I, I agree with that. Markstrom good early is huge. Special teams bailing him out like they did tonight, huge. Power play looks strong. Penalty kill was dynamite, and Markstrom was very strong. That's a big key in the first five, ten games of a season with a team trying to find out exactly what they are. Well, then you can still pick up some good results while you're finding your identity. I think that's bang on, Alex. It's really important. Uh, Pat, two questions for you. Any minor concerns about Coronado and Kadri both at minus two? And thoughts on Zadorov? He looked solid with some big hits and big plays. Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed uh, Zadorov's game tonight. Thought he had a, a pretty solid game. Now, you know, was underwater like a lot of uh, like a lot of players were in this game but there were a lot of guys underwater in this game but I, I did like I did like some of what we saw from Zadorov with his skating some of uh, him being able to step up and and um, you know not obviously be afraid to get physical I think that pairing with him and Uyghur has got some potential they were again underwater but most of the D pairings were underwater in this game at five on five so that's an overall team thing that is going to need to uh, get fixed as for Coronado and Kadri both at minus two. Um, yeah, I mean slightly. Uh, I, I mean more so, more so just because Kadri is one of the most important guys on the team. Um, those minuses came on the what goals did they come on? They came on the last two. So the Ayafalo redirect and the Shifley goal were both minuses. And, and they both came on shifts where, as a whole, the team had a tough time getting it out. I don't think it was a, a tough time getting out of their own zone, I mean. Um, I don't think that was just on one player. I don't think that was just a Coronado thing or just a Kadri thing. I, had that, I, I thought Coronado actually had some really strong moments in the first 40 minutes of play, led the team in shot attempts, led the team in shots, uh, led the team in sc- individual scoring chances. So I thought there was actually more to like with Coronado than to not like. I thought Kadri he was okay in this game tonight. I think he's capable of better as the season goes along. Um, this says from Tim, couple things, Pat. How come Jacob didn't get the first star tonight is beyond me. Also, you guys keep mentioning how the Flames need to clean things up, but hey, they don't have as much to clean up as the cup favorite Oilers do after their game tonight, so there's that. Looking forward to a good and exciting year. Uh, I thought Manjapani, I, I, I chose the three stars tonight in the in-house. I, I thought I thought Markstrom was absolutely strong. Uh, you you got to give the Jets a, a star in a close game like this, especially when they really were the better team at five-on-five five all night. Um, and Manjapani was dynamite in this game. I thought best skater for the Flames was number 88. How you like that, Dylan and Revy? Uh, just kidding. Love you, buddy. But, yeah, I thought, I thought Manjapani was their best skater. An absolutely gorgeous play on the game winner that set up Lindholm's goal. So, yeah, I, I had no problem with going Markstrom and Manjapani as stars. I thought Markey was really good, and I thought that uh, Manjapani played a really strong game tonight. Um 
This says, did you see that smile on Elias's face? I don't think I've seen him smile since Johnny's sent the defenseman back to the gym comment or maybe the overtime winner against Dallas. Um, this says, Coronado played like he's been part of the league for years. Markstrom stayed strong in the blue paint. Could possibly be signs of Manchapani having a better season. Go Flames. Go. This from uh, Ash. I would not be surprised to see Huberto, Lindholm, and Manjapani play together next game in light of their late game heroics. I liked Kadri and Coronado together, but thought Sharon Govich was invisible on that line. To me, Zadorov was a strong player, another strong, uh, best player on the ice other than Markstrom. Uh, and this from Dylan and Revy. Strange feeling to have your goalie steal a game. Hopefully Manchapani can continue like this and prove me wrong. That zone D is going to take some time. It seems like they didn't know who was supposed to be where yet. They kind of let the Jets have the puck because they weren't sure who should be getting it a few times. They'll get there. Great to get that W. Uh, this from Jared in Lethbridge. Pat, great start to a new year. Markstrom looked solid and battled all night. I loved Coronado. Thought his line was dangerous. He didn't get on the board, but he went to where the points happened and was only a few inches away from being rewarded. One thing I didn't care for was the no-look passes to the other team. Finally, after two years of brainwashing, that shot volume determines work ethic and success. I was glad to see them score on their quality chances and hold the puck instead of taking a stupid stoppable shot for the sake of volume, at least for for tonight, uh, they are your league-leading Calgary Flames. That comes from Jared in Lethbridge. And finally from Jeff in Lethbridge. Markstrom's play was the most positive takeaway. Secondly, the style of play had more flow than any games watched last year, despite being outshot. Huge win to build on, considering the negativity that built up over last year. Good job, boys. Great stuff on the text line. More there at 969.60. Would love to hear from you on the text line on this Wednesday night. 960-960 is your text line. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. You know they're always open to you on Flames Talk, and you know we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame. It's game one of the regular season. I couldn't not go to George uh, or anybody other than George to kick it off. George is with us on the Flames Talk postgame phone lines. What's up, buddy? My man, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing pretty good. It wasn't uh, pretty uh, the prettiest game, but the bottom line is you can't take those two points away, so they picked up the two points. I was actually uh, really impressed by Winnipeg. I thought they looked really good. Again, first game, you know, nothing to judge on. But, uh, yeah, you know, they you, the, the defensive system definitely needs work, but the, the good news is if Markstrom uh, – you know, continues to play the way he does, they can, you know, hopefully collect points whilst uh, learning the system and, and locking it down. But it's, it's definitely something they're going to have to do. For sure. Um, and I think whatever was going to happen, um, wh- whether they won this game 5-1, 5-3, or lost the game 5-3, I think that was going to be a true statement regardless. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really liked... Uh, I know he was minus two tonight, but I actually really like Coronado. And one thing yeah. I really like about him is uh, he shoots the puck every chance he gets. And I love that about him. I, I mean, the guy, he is a sniper. That's his forte. Um, I, I love the fact that they're putting him on the first unit power play to start. I don't know if he's going to remain there, you know, the rest of the season. But uh, I love that move. And, and I remember Savar talking in the preseason about wanting a right-hand shot there. I mean, you got you got one there. Uh, he's not a proven entity yet, but you know why not? And I love the fact that he was firing that puck 
Uh, I and really he looked he looked good on the power play. I had I had uh, no issues with with Coronado's power play work tonight. I thought he was really strong in that regard. Yeah, one other thing, Patty, is it me? I I I guess he's not known for being the the quickest skater, but he looked quick tonight. Like there was a couple times where he looked really fast out there. Yeah, I, he he's not he's not an elite NHL skater. There, that that that's not what his forte is. But he gets there, and he's smart enough that he can get there uh, and and kind of anticipate where he's supposed to be, especially in the offensive zone. But even defensively, we've seen it. He's got a really good brain, and and that helps him. And he does have some like he, decent burst. Like again, he's he's not a burner. And he's he's not an elite skater by NHL standards, but he gets there and and he puts himself in good spots as well. Yeah, for sure. Manjapane, why the heck of a first game to have? Uh, glad to see him looking much like himself tonight, and uh, you know you hope that continues. Uh, Zadorov was awesome tonight. I thought he was. It, it just imp- it continues to impress me since we've gotten this player. How at that size? How, how like how he can skate? He that guy can skate for such a big guy. It, it's 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 very impressive. Yep. And then Walker Dewar, I thought was awesome tonight too. I thought he was really good tonight. Uh, well, finally to let you go here, but so you can get on to other callers. But uh, I know he didn't play a lot. But what did you think of AJ Greer tonight? I thought he was actually pretty decent. Um, he had that really good opportunity um, in the first period. Uh, I thought I thought as the game went along, he became a little bit less noticeable. First game though, playing with a new team, I thought I thought he was just fine. I, I didn't really have much of an issue with Greer. Again, like the entire team was almost underwater, so uh, most players spent more time in their own zone than on the other side of it. But I thought they did a pretty decent job of limiting damage. Well while they were in their own zone. So I, I didn't mind Greer tonight at all. Yeah, neither did I. And he he did a nice screen there on the on the Uyghur goal. So, you know, he's... Yeah, a little flash screen. He's, yeah, for, for sure. Hey, man, when you got that size, you got to use it. You know, that's why they brought him in. So if you're they're, if they're going to bring you in for a certain purpose and you serve that purpose, then, you know, win-win for everybody, right? For the player and the team. Yep. All right, my friend. Hey, uh... Really nice talking to you. Game one of eighty-two. It's gonna be gonna be an interesting season to see, to say the least. Let's see where it goes. I hope you have a good night, my friend. Good to hear from you, George. Be well, buddy. You too, my friend. Four zero three two four zero forty four forty four is your phone number. As the Flames take a five three victory over the Winnipeg Jets on opening night, back to back years, the Flames open the season with a victory. If you want to jump in on the phone lines, you can call now. Uh, they're open for you for a good chunk of time here on this Wednesday night into Thursday morning. If you're listening live, Flames talk post game continues. We say hello to Parsons. What's up, Pars? Hey, brother. How you doing? Good. I, you get, there was that one second pause there. I thought maybe you weren't there too. No, there you are. What's up, bud? How we doing? Good. How was your summer? Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was interesting. It was. It was good. It was messed up, but it was. It was. It was mostly good. It was good. It was a good relaxing summer. That's good, brother. Um. Yeah. Hey. Game one. I'm always psyched about these games every year. Um. It was good that we got the W. Um. Possession game lacked, obviously, but hey, it's it's game number one. It was no Picasso, and but it's a two points for a home opener, so we can't complain. Um, that's really nice to see. 
I thought, uh, you know, Markstrom in the first 10 minutes of this game was a difference maker for sure. It definitely could have gone either way uh, for momentum-wise. And, and I think it's important for him and, and the team, you know, for him to get on a early groove like that. So I don't know how he was tracking half of the stuff that he was seeing, but it was really good to see, Pat. It was, um, yeah. I mean, probably It's probably the biggest positive. I would say there are two really big positives um, for for game number one. One of them is the play of Jacob Markstrom and how solid he looked tonight. And the other would be that, that Andrew Manchapani had himself. So he looked like himself tonight. He looked uh, he looked very engaged. He was winning yeah. battles. He was confident offensively. I thought he was their best skater tonight. Um, so I think those are the two big takeaways positively for me tonight. Oh, absolutely. I mean – like for Manji too, I mean, to get two goals and, you know, he got the game winning, really creative apple on that one. It was nice to see. Great pass. Um, uh, that was a great creative pass and good for his confidence. And, you know, who knows, maybe he'll stick on that line. But um, I really liked how we cycled the, the puck, you know, in the ozone as compared to uh, previous, I think we look a little bit more looser out there tonight. Um, I mean, special teams played an important part tonight too, and don't get me wrong, but um, I think one thing that Megan said on uh, after the game there, and I'll, I'll completely agree with her, is that the one positive I also took out of this was the fact that we had pushback. So anytime Winnipeg pushed back, we pushed back and it, it was like a calm pushback it wasn't like a you know it wasn't like a panic pushback we mm. looked loose you know what i mean yep um did do you find that like do you find like even during the preseason like i watch all the preseason games and everything i just i find like that we're playing a different game um and i know we're gonna have to tie it together obviously because that, that it's gonna take time to kind of tighten things up but um, yeah, no, I, I know it's a different feel out there myself, and it's it's nice seeing Big Z out there stapling people to the boards. Like he had three great hits tonight, and um, you know I think AJ Greer was a crazy good sneaky pickup too. I, I don't know how you feel about that bat, but um, I I don't know yet. Um, I'm curious to watch. I thought he was fine tonight in his first game. That didn't have a problem with with anything I saw from him tonight. So uh, I'm curious to see how how that plays itself out. And I, I am curious about the player for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, me too. Actually, I, I don't know a ton about him. I know he's you know I've watched a few of his fights and stuff, but uh, but he is a very aggressive hitter as well. So that's interesting. I'll just leave it on two notes. Um, uh, number one, I hope we don't spend the first quarter of the season comparing to last season because I think last season was such an anomaly that I hope we look at this as a, a fresh slate this year with new coaches. There's a, a bunch of new players too. I know a lot of the core is there. But, uh, and the last thing I wonder about going forward is Sharon Govich, and I wonder where he fits in all of this. Yeah. Um, I, I know. Uh... I know yeah. That's that's going to be a really interesting question to 
work out as this year continues? Because I, I don't I don't know yet, and, and I know that you don't know yet. The Flames, I don't think, know exactly where Yegor Sharangovich fits in this lineup yet. That's that's very much a work in progress. For sure, buddy. All right, well, thank you for taking my call, Pat, and have a great night, okay? Good to hear from you, Pars. Be well, buddy. You too. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets on this Wednesday night. Let's try Eric again. Eric, you there? Patty, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you this time. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hey, I just had a few thoughts and uh, questions for you. Sure. On this uh, wonderful, uh, I guess it's Thursday morning now. Thursday morning now, um, yeah. Hey, uh, so with the Lindholm contract kind of looming over the season, and, you know, I, I in Flamesland, I guess there's a bit of uh, talk about, um, I guess more so during the preseason and before the season started, about, you know, going for a rebuild or a retooling. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that versus, you know, because my opinion is that there's too much talent on the team right now to try something like that. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I and, and I think that's, uh, I think that's there's there's some truth in that. Um, you know, one of the things, and and the other thing that's really interesting is that they've got contracts that make it difficult to rebuild. You know, the Uyghur, Kadri, Huberdo contracts specifically are all as such, like those are all guys straddling 30 or over 30 that still have lots of term left on their deals. Um, that makes it hard to retool and rebuild as well. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know if now would have been the greatest time to blow things up. Now, if if you've got Lindholm who doesn't end up signing and you got to trade him and Hannafin doesn't end up signing and you have to trade him, then it might force you just by default to go in a slightly different direction, a little bit of a younger direction, but a full-on, full-scale rebuild. I, I just, based on where the team is and where their contract situation is, I don't know how realistic that, that truly was or is. No, for sure. And I heard that Lindholm said potential. well, I don't know if he said this, but there are reports that depending on how the season starts, that he'd be open to uh, renegotiating, or well, no, he uh, he's never said he's never said that. What he said is that all along he's willing to stay, but there's obviously some things that are not uh, meshing in these contract negotiations right now, and as such, um, you know, we're we're talking about a contract that hasn't been signed. So I think he's willing to stay under certain conditions. I think the Flames would really like to keep him under certain conditions for themselves. Right now, they're they're kind of working. Oh, I, I think they took a push at it, and, and they worked at it before the season started. I think the lines of communications, now that the season is underway officially, remain open, and, and we'll see if they can get this thing done. But no, he's never said, in fact, I asked him point blank at the golf tournament three weeks ago if the start to the season will have any impact on him, and he said no. Uh, so... I, I, I think right now we're just we're just waiting to see if the start to the season or if a good start to the season specifically 
might sway him, but he hasn't said anything like that. I see, because also the situation in Winnipeg with Hellebach and Shifley re-signing seemingly out of nowhere. Well, I don't know if it's out of nowhere. No, it sure but, felt like it was out of nowhere. Yeah, like I, that has to spark a bit of optimism for the Flames fans at least. Uh, I mean, I it, it in the fact that um, – or, or just in, just like because two guys signed in Winnipeg, it's like yeah, it's possible. I don't think if, I don't think there's any direct correlation or direct rub off on Elias's situation. I think they're very different situations right now. But certainly, I think it it gives some hope that okay, small Canadian market, two players decided to re-sign. I, I think it can definitely uh, give some hope in that regard for sure. Yeah, because and. You know what? People are complaining. Well, I, I shouldn't say people. But some people on Twitter are complaining about nine mil or eight point five being a bit too heavy of, you know, a price tag for Lindholm. But I, with the cap going up in the next few years, I'm actually not that um, against that 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 amount. But um, anyway, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for all you do, Patty. I'm glad for another flame season. And our prayers up to the Snow family because uh, God knows they're uh, they deserve it. So, absolutely, yep. Uh, good stuff, Eric. Good to hear from you, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you too. Have a great night. You too, man. Uh, take one more call before we uh, move away from the phone lines. The phone lines are still open, though. Uh, actually, take a couple more calls before we get there because I want to make sure that we get to some of these folks who've been waiting on hold. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames take a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets as we say hello to Travis on our Flames Talk post game. What's up, Trav? Hey, Patty. Um, happy to be back. I'm glad hockey's back. Um, it's a good game to watch tonight. The Flames, obviously, you know, they got outplayed a bit, but but um, I think last season they would have created in that game. So I think they get it got tied up there three three for them to respond. Um, I think that was a good, that was a big thing for me, anyways. Um, and for the first line to do it to get to get them to respond and be be your game breaker, I guess in the end they were. Um, mm-hmm. they're the ones you need to win your games and they kind of got it done tonight. Yep. They were, uh, they were strong. That, that, that line came, came to play when they needed to. Uh, they made the decision to go with Manjapani on the Lindholm line after Dubé started there. Um, and that seemed to pay off really well. So yeah, lots of, uh, lots of things to like, um, about, uh, about the way the game ends. Lots of things that they're going to need to get better at too. Lots of things they're going to need to clean up. There's no doubt about it. And blueprint wise, this is not the way that I think they would like to play on a regular basis, but, um, top line scored a big goal. Jacob Markstrom is maybe the biggest positive takeaway for me. And, and they open the season with a win, which you can't take away from them, which is, is also important. Well, for me, like four things I thought that would be really important for the Flames this year. Number one, goaltending, obviously, and Markstrom definitely held them in the first and made some really big saves. Saves and was really solid. And then you obviously need your first line to, to score and be a game-breaker which happened tonight. And then obviously you need your penalty kill and your power play to be clicking at some point too. And they got one of each of those today, a shorty and a, and um, um, a power play power goal. Play. So 
I think those are all f- four pretty important factors for this team this year. And I think they all kind of got a check mark um, this evening. Yep. Still got to clean um, up the five on five play, though. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, something for the Flames. I've been saying this for a while. Um, I, I think overall you're going to have to adjust team speed. Uh, I think that's got to be somewhat of a important factor for this team moving forward with moves they make in the future. Because, that's, you know, I don't think overall they're just a blazing fast team. So I, I don't either. I, I'm not I, – I don't think that um, every – I don't think that to be successful you need to be a blazing fast team in in this day and age but i also think that it's it's not like it's a bad thing so if they wanted to uh, address speed like for instance i know that's one of the things they liked about sharon govich when they acquired him so i don't think it would be a bad thing to add something to it i also i just don't think it's like the only thing they'd need to focus on yeah and sharon govich um sharon govich you know he hasn't popped offensively but i think he's a he's been pretty sound defensively for the most part i he's not making glaring mistakes or nothing nope. like that when he's on on the ice. So and he's a very think, good penalty um, killer too. Yeah, so you know I think you can live with that for now and hopefully get a pop there. And you know if he can get us twenty goals or twenty five goals, that'd be huge win I think on the season with him as well. Um, and then Coronado, I th- Coronado, he he looked pretty solid for me too. He he's um he's got a great shot and I think. He could be more like a man Japani, probably with a better shot, and you know what I'm saying. Like uh, some tenacity to them. Yeah, there's but, some similarities. There's some similarities in the game. I can see that a little bit. Yeah, Coronado, I think has just got maybe a little more higher upside on overall skill. Would you say that man Japani probably has to work a little harder? Um, um I think I a, think that there's a um I, I think there's more of a a lethal outside shot um for from Coronado. Uh, I don't think Matt Matt's probably not going to be beating a lot of guys dangling through a lot of guys either. So in terms of the overall skill side of things, I think probably pretty even actually, but I think I think there's a a, a better natural shot from from Coronado. I think Manjapani's two-way game right now is probably uh, a little bit more advanced, but I, I think there's some similarities there. Two quick things I'll let you go, Patty. Um the Lindholm contract, like, what can be the snag? I guess Shifley just signed for 8.5. We've been hearing the Flames are at 8.5 or 9. Like, why, why doesn't this deal just get done? I, I, I don't I don't know what the snags are. I really don't. Um, I think that there's – I think that they – there is a hefty dollar figure on the table that the Flames have had on the table for quite some time, like going back to the summertime. Um, there's always the idea of, of signing bonuses. I think that's important um, or, or, or could be important. Uh, just the overall structure of the deal we might be talking about. So, I, But honestly, what the snags are, I, I don't know. And I think that um, – I think that there is a willingness for Lindholm to stay if conditions are met. And obviously, I think there's a willingness for the Flames to sign him, but they also don't want to bow on on certain things or or just completely um, give up. uh, You know what I'm saying? Like just completely give the bag to to Lindholm without, without thinking about it too. So, 
Yeah, that, that's my best read on the Lindholm situation right now. Uh, and I guess we continue waiting to see how it how it plays out here. I, I, I do believe that they engaged here recently and, and tried to get things going again. Um, and yeah, now we, uh, now we wait to see if something can get done here before, uh, before the season's over or before the trade deadline. Yeah. Like I'm, I just think there's a lot of positive energy around the team right now. And I feel like uh, what more than a Lindholm signing would create even more. And, um, yeah, I, just, I guess I'm just really optimistic on the season, to be honest. I think last year was kind of a one-off year before they had a good season last year they were you know everyone was picking them as cup favorites i think if some things go right this year they could they could be a pretty decent team All um right. you know they have they have really good d markstrom has a bounce back <laughs> you have the guys up front you know you, if you have man japani on a 25 30 goal pace and you get some other people chipping in hubert will bounce back window bounce back you know, it's asking for a lot, I guess, but I, it's not unreasonable either, I don't think. Well, especially if guys happen. especially if guys get back to their career norms. That that to me is the number one thing. Like get back to what you are, not your career numbers, but what you are and have been for your NHL career. And and that I think will go a long way. Good to hear from you, Trav. I got a roll. Yeah, thanks, man. Have a good night. You too, buddy. And uh, I'll take one more call before we uh, go back inside the Flames locker room. But you can still call now at 403-240-4444. Phone lines are open. Uh, text line remains open as well at 960-960. Let's say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thank you. Hope your Thanksgiving was great and uh, you had some time off. Uh, maybe I'll start with a few comments from tonight's game. Not going to go too harsh because obviously this is the first game of the season. I like how Marky was solid and strong uh, tonight. He had a few great saves. Uh, the uh, few that came real quick to him as well. So he was great. And then uh, Andrew Manjipani as well, uh, how he played with the two goals. Uh, maybe one question for you uh, from tonight. Who do you think the players that stood out the most to you? And maybe the players who could maybe start working on their uh, performance a little bit more uh, to, uh, what do you call, sharpen their skills? Uh, I think uh, Jacob Markstrom stood out really positively. Andrew Manchapani, uh Elias Lindholm, Matt Coronado. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, th- those guys would all be on the positive side of things. I think Noah Hannafin struggled tonight. I think he's got to work on um, some of the, uh, the, the some of the defensive zone reads that he made tonight. Left a lot to be desired. So I think Hannafin's a guy that can clean it up. Um, I think that Huberdeau is a guy that I thought Huberdeau really struggled at times tonight. Come, comes away with a couple of assists, which is nice and, and could be good for some confidence, but I thought Huberdeau uh, struggled at times a lot tonight. Uh, he finished way underwater, was on the ice for uh, 12-5 scoring chances against and a couple of cough-ups that, that ended up in quality opportunities for Winnipeg. So I'd say Huberdeau and Hannafin would be two of the names that, that you're looking to clean things up a little bit. Okay, sounds good. And maybe one final question: uh, What are your bets or predictions for goal uh, for goaltending on Saturday against Penguins? Would it be Jacob Marshall himself or Dan Blader having a start? I I think they would go back to Markstrom, but that's just Marshall. my guess. Okay, sounds fair. 
Okay, thank you, Anna. Appreciate it, buddy. Good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you too. Have a good one. Okay. Uh, see you, buddy. As uh, the phone lines are open, 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you very shortly. Uh, you can still get in line with a couple of open lines. Lots to get to still on the text line as well. Let's select tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And uh, tonight's Player with Heart, we're going to go with Elias Lindholm. I thought Lindholm had a really solid game tonight in a lot of different ways. Um, he was one of the players close to even when it comes to uh, five on five. There was only one player who was in the positive on the possession side of things, and that's Andrew Mangiapane, who I thought was the best skater out there tonight. Um, and and he was right in line for hardest working flame. He was also the number one star in this game. So Andrew Mangiapane had a great game, but for the player with heart, I thought Elias Lindholm home at himself a really solid night as well um he finished at 45 percent possession so shot attempts were 11-9 winnipeg with lindholm on the ice which was one of the better marks but at high danger that line with lindholm huberdo and whoever was on it did a pretty nice job limiting high danger scoring chances against 2-2 were high dangers when they were on the ice at five on five and then individually Lindholm really uh, excelled tonight so uh, Elias finished this game with three individual shot attempts one shot of course that one shot was the uh, game winner uh, he had three scoring chances so all three of his shot attempts were scoring chances and two of them came from the house or the slot area so he was all around it I thought Lindholm had himself a really solid game scores the game winner and he's your player with heart tonight brought to you by heart fit clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca speaking of Lindholm back inside the flames locker room let's hear from the game winning goal scorer tonight Elias Lindholm following a 5-3 win over Winnipeg we asked Andrew about your goal. He credited your finish, but it was a pretty nice pass. Yeah, well, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people could have put that one in. So it was a great pass, and, and uh, you know, uh, just got to put, put that one high, and, and uh, it worked. How did you find Andrew? He got promoted to your line partway through the game. How did you find that you, him, and he real clicked after he got uh, bumped up there? Yeah, I mean, I, I play with uh, uh, Mandy for for uh, you know a lot of games, and and you know he's so good around the cor- uh, in the corners and uh, around the boards and, and making plays and so on, and and you know kind of kind of know where he you know is he is on the ice and, and so on. So uh, you know he's a f- fun fun player to play with. Was there a sense in the sort of late stages that you guys had to make sure Jacob was rewarded for a? Yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't play uh, the way we wanted tonight, but, uh, you know, Marky was uh, unbelievable and, and, you know, uh, find a way to win and, you know, he made some unbelievable saves. So, um, you know, uh, it wasn't pretty out there, but uh, we got the two points and that's all that matters. Can you speak to the fact that this team is able to come back? And I know last year was all about those one-goal games and finishing in the third grade. Just what you guys were able to do. Is that refreshing and something that's kind of building within this group that's starting maybe through training? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like tonight, it's, uh, you know, um, 
they were the better team uh, pretty much the whole game and, and uh, obviously we find a way to, to get one there late so hopefully we can build off that uh, throughout the season and, and you know be a you know be a team that um, that plays 60 minutes and uh, you know um, find ways to win like that I just want to ask you about the emotions of tonight and obviously it's Chris's family dropping the puck and Kona on the bench with you guys in the warm up just what was it like okay. yeah I mean it's uh, super emotional to, to, to watch and, and see the family out there and and obviously, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just so hard to talk about. And uh, you know, I haven't seen the fa- the family in in, in uh, quite a while. And, and you know, see them walk out there. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was emotional for sure. There you go. That's Elias Lindholm. Last question there, of course, on uh, Chris Snow. And uh, uh, obviously, we lost Chris last week. And um, Kelsey Snow uh, and uh, Chris and Kelsey's kids, Cohen and Willa, helped drop the ceremonial puck drop. Got a great round of applause. If you haven't seen uh, Kelsey's interview with Ryan Leslie on um, on Sportsnet as well, it was it was really well done. Uh, it was definitely hard. It was hard, but heart wrenching. And they they want it for the Snowies. Uh, they want it for the Snow family. That was pretty neat to see. So that's what Elias was talking about right at the end there. If you didn't pick up the question that was on Mike, there's Elias Lindholm post game game winning goal. Uh, following a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets here on a Wednesday night. The season is underway. This is your Flames Talk postgame show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to look ahead. Uh, looking ahead brought to you by a brand new friend of Flames uh, Flames Talk, brand new friend of Flames Radio. Looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. And uh, here's what's coming up for the Calgary Flames. So on Thursday, they'll practice. So tomorrow they'll practice. It's an 11.30 a.m. practice on Thursday morning. Then they'll all uh, head over and uh, be a part of the Chris Snow Memorial, which is going on on Thursday afternoon. So that's what's coming up on Thursday. On Friday, they will fly and then Saturday they kick off a five game road trip through the Eastern Conference. They play Pittsburgh, Washington, Buffalo Columbus and Detroit on this five game road trip and uh, it's going to be a really interesting way to start the season for the Flames is is especially after winning the home opener game one and then playing the next five on the road. Is that going to be something that brings the group together? Is that going to be something that they can build some things? And and obviously we know that after this game tonight, there's a lot of fine-tuning that needs to be get done. They're going to have a little bit of practice time on the road. They'll be able to practice a couple of times on the road, uh, and they get only the one back-to-back. They've got a two-day break between Washington and then the back-to-back with Buffalo and Columbus, but then they play three and four with an afternooner in there how about that they go Buffalo Columbus day off Detroit for an early start that's going to be a bit of a gauntlet on this five game road trip so uh, that's what's next up for the Flames starting with the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night that's a 5 o'clock face off and uh, if they are uh, the way they were defensively tonight the way they were running around in their own zone tonight uh, with Carlson and Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and uh, the finishers and the high end players they have in Pittsburgh that might hurt them so definitely some fine-tuning need ahead of Saturday's game in Pittsburgh which is a five o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960 the fan there you go that's looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit Oncolytics Biotech 
Flamesradio.com. Uh, text line remains open. Phone lines remain open. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for the final time, though. It's uh, time to check in with Andrew Mangiapane, your number one star tonight. Two goals and an assist for number 88. Here's Andrew Mangiapane inside the locker room post game. First victory, just can walk us through that crazy uh, third period sequence there where you ultimately grabbed the, the lead yeah. in the game. It was a big uh, big game for us, big two points. Uh, I think there was, uh, you know, was good resiliency, I guess, to kind of come back right and, and not get away from the game there. Um, but, yeah, it was a big kind of win for us, I think, as a group, and just to kick off the season off with a, with a win is huge. How did you find you adjust? So you got promoted to that top line with Hugo and Lindholm partway through the game. How do you feel you adjusted? Yeah, it was okay. Um, obviously, I'm switching sides from uh, left to right, but uh, I've done that kind of a few times here. So, um, yeah, those two players, are they're really smart players. They're awesome to play with. So, um, just like on that goal there, right, it was a good uh, kind of pass and play there, and you know, you give them the puck, to, they they know how to finish it, right? So, um, I think it was just a you know good good goal for us, and we got to build off that. Felt like Mark's trying to step his head for you guys out there. Yeah, Marky was awesome. Uh, you know, he's a big part of our, our team, and uh, when you see him dialed in like that, it's uh, awesome to see, right? He was. Uh, I think shots were probably 12 to 2 to start the game or something like that, right? And he was standing on his head to keep us in it uh, throughout the whole game. But it's just a big, big game for him, and uh, we're going to need a lot more of those for him. Is there a sense sort of late, like we have to make sure he gets rewarded for a game like this? Um, yeah, I'd say so, right? It's um, when your goalie's kicking like that and making big saves and big saves and big saves again, right? You want to kind of help him out right and he's standing on his head there for us so his uh you know i think everybody on the bench saw that and saw that he was dialed in and we, we gotta help out and you know block shots get the puck out for him and you know score some goals offensively for him so much talk about the offense last year andrew is it nice to get off to a good start personally this year and get a couple of points on the board yep um i think that's you know just even for everybody right i think it was a good kind of you know when we got in the ozone i think a lot of guys were kind of making plays and you know you saw some you know shades of what we can do right so I think uh, there's obviously I think uh, room for us to grow in that, in that department and just that comes with playing and chemistry and building all that right so it's a little I think rusty our first game we got to you know clean up a little plays uh, in the old zone and kind of not turning pucks over and all that but it, it was good uh, good step in the right direction for us yeah it was it was tough right it was uh, kind of it was sad kind of you know what they're going through and Chris you know meant so much to them and he meant so much to this organization right so um, you know I think it honestly maybe fueled us a little bit and you know tried to get the win for him um, you know it's uh, definitely a sad kind of start there and I think uh, all the guys were kind of feeling it on the blue line there but it was uh, you know good to see them and see them that they were doing well. Did you see Elias there? Did you hear him? How did that play sort of transpire at the end? Uh, yeah I just kind of I know, I know Hubie was kind of giving it down low there to me and I just kind of when I was receiving it I saw him kind of out of the corner of my eye there so uh, it was a great finish by him I think he picked the corner there too so it was, a, it was awesome to just kind of play all around. It was a pretty slick pass yeah. too though. Yeah yeah I just I don't even know I maybe have to watch it again there but it's just, it was easy there. Just He was alone, so it was easy to kind of hit that tape, right? There you go. That is Andrew Mangiapati, your number one star tonight as the Flames take a 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, let's get back to the text line at 960-960. We have heard uh, all that we're going to hear from inside that room, and we've heard lots. Just heard Andrew Mangiapati, heard Elias Lindholm, and heard Jacob Markstrom. Rasmus Anderson joined us live, and we also heard from Kale McLean and head coach Ryan Huska. That is some comprehensive postgame coverage on your Flames Talk postgame show. 
show. Back to the text line at 969-60. Uh, this says, could the Flames ha- would the Flames have been better off holding on to Toffoli, potentially having more scoring to help push for a playoff spot and getting more back if they really had to trade him at the deadline? Well, except that he requested a trade. Like, he basically, uh, he, he wasn't happy with the way the, the conversations were going contract-wise. He was looking for a long-term deal. The Flames weren't willing to go long-term with him. And and so basically said, okay, I'd, I'd like to be traded. So they made a trade work. That's not that's not a bad thing. That's not a that's not a uh, indictment on Toffoli at all. It just it is what it is. He he kind of said, well, if it's not gonna work, I think it'd be better for for you to deal me. It was all very um, it was all very amicable. It was all very professional. But that's why they traded him. So because of that, probably wouldn't have been the best bet to bring him back. Just because. I, I think that there would have been the risk of having a disgruntled player, which I, I don't think you ever really want. This one from Cody. Uh, great effort by Markstrom tonight. Coronado looked dangerous. Zadorov with a few big hits and some great patience at the puck. Clean up the D zone, and they'll be in good shape. Uh, good shape, rather. Good to see the Oilers get embarrassed out west as well. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. This says, Pat was at the game tonight. Just had a question if you knew why the Jets were complaining about the Anderson goal. Glad Markstrom got off to a good start. Great for his confidence. Looked like himself tonight. Yes, I can tell you why. Uh, they believe the Jets. Uh, Rasmus Anderson in his own zone. So on on the play that exited the zone and got the Flames into the offensive zone on that penalty kill, they believe that, J- that, that Rasmus Anderson knocked a puck down with a high stick. He might have. It was borderline. I, I, I don't know even if it was allowed to be challenged, if it would have gotten overturned, I think it actually was okay. But in, you know, definitely on first glance, you would have said on the ice, oh, that could have been a high stick. Problem for the Jets is they couldn't challenge it because um, it had would have had to be in the offensive zone. So had Rasmus Anderson potentially knocked it down with a high stick in the offensive zone, and then a goal was scored in that sequence, then the Jets could have challenged it, but because he knocked it down in the defensive zone before the Flames went down the ice and scored, it's not a challengeable play. So that's what the Jets were upset about, or, or I don't even know if they were upset. That's what the Jets were wondering about. They didn't put up much of a fuss because, well, you can't challenge it, and if it was a missed call, that happens. It was borderline line and I'm not certain it was a missed call I think it was close but I think I I don't think it would have gotten um overturned when it's all said and done uh this says Pat I'm surprised he didn't throw a loaf of bread that's from Aubrey well I wasn't going to throw one from the press box I was hoping somebody would throw one though uh on the ice uh this from Rod uh, guys, obviously a nice start. Nice to be looking down at the Oilers in the standings. Few games left, gotta say. Uh, love lowest color, but full marks to Megan. Thought she was really well prepared, and her composure was superb. I'll tell you this much about Megan: that is a absolute like that person. That is a human being who works. Uh, you are not gonna have somebody much like Lou. You are not gonna have somebody who is just. Uh, Girton the prep, that's for sure. Megan is a grinder. Uh, awesome, awesome to have her on the team. Um, and, and again, like if you haven't listened to it, um, go back on the podcast or go check on the podcast because that little stretch of about uh, five minutes where her and Kale were talking about um, some, of the, some of the exits and some of the uh, automatic passes that or automatic decisions that a defenseman wants to make in his in his own zone, just like two hockey people, like 
Derek and I are hockey people, but these are hockey people, and just nerding out about it, and then I can sit back and just nerd out and listen, I, I would very much encourage you to go and listen to that as well. Thanks for that, Rod. Uh, this from Derek, the other Derek in Cochrane. Uh, the snow tribute made me cry. The dome was really beautiful in that moment. Can't rely on Markstrom to play like that every night, but hopefully he can when he needs to. In contrast to last year, timely goals and killer instinct won him a game tonight. Awesome performance from Manjapani. Go Flames, go. That's the other Derek in Cochrane. Uh, this says, I missed the game, unfortunately. Did Dubé get swapped off the, swapped off the Lindholm line? He did. Uh, I want to say beginning of the third period they made that call. And uh, two reasons. I thought Dubé was a little meh tonight. And I thought that Manchapani was really going tonight. Manchapani was their best skater. So give him the boost. And he got that bump up. And anybody can play. So if Dubé's a little meh, put him with uh, put him with. Backlund and Coleman, and I thought that actually I thought Dubé played much better once he was on that line as well. So we'll see if that's the way they go with practice on Thursday morning. Here's Will in BC. I agree with you, Pat. I thought Markstrom contributed to the win tonight. His 919 save percentage earned him a B-plus from me. If he's 875, they probably don't win. That's what they're going to need from him. I thought Greer fit in well. He was plus one with not a lot of ice time. I also really like Coronado. When he settles in, I think he's going to be a great flame. I appreciate it, Will and BC. Look at that. And we're on the same page with Markstrom tonight. Uh, This from Stafford and Boness. Welcome back, Pat. Nice to see no goals against Markstrom until the 12th shot, and he was making the big stops when he had to, something we didn't get a lot of last season. Manchapani appears to have had no ill effects from his surgery, and one has to think that a number of their players are due for bounce-back years. They can get 70 to 75 points from Huberto, Kadri, Lindholm, and Manchapani. They might be all right. Uh, This one from John. There were some great things about the game tonight. I'm very excited for the new players and the team as a whole. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. (laughs) That comes from John. Well, that's somebody who has been listening to this station for a long time. That's a Jim Rome-ism that I have stolen. I haven't stolen it, but it's one of the things that I... Jim Rome's the best in the business, the best there is, the best there ever was, all that type of stuff. And he always has this, this bit about die hard on on cable television like on on you know mainstream network television when you watch die hard or die hard 2 and there's the uh, iconic john mcclain yippee kaye um and then the initials are mf um and and it's an iconic line as we know well they also use an mf <laughs> on on uh, the network television broadcast or telecast of a Die Hard movie, and it's Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon, because it kind of works with the mouth, like. It, but who, like Mr. Falcon, it just it doesn't it doesn't flow the same way. So I honestly mute it. I don't want to hear it. I just like to hear the actual words in my head. So John, well played by you. Uh, this from Dustin in Calgary. Everyone looked happy tonight. Smiles all around. Sloppy, sure, but this can bring the team closer for sure. Mike says, nice to see a hard-fought win tonight. All three stars should go to Markstrom. Flames were stuck in their own end far too often tonight, and the start of the first was really the test. Shots were 10-2. Winnipeg and Markstrom bailed the team out. Last year, there would have been an early goal gone in, and it could have gone the direction of the Van Edmonton game if Markstrom didn't make numerous highlight reel saves. Looks like Markstrom has his mojo back. That's from Mike. And finally, 
Uh, this says, Pat, my 76-year-old mom stays up to listen to you and kicks our ass in hockey pools. Shout out to Joan King. Joan King, if you're listening, shout out to you. That's awesome. Great stuff on the text line tonight at 960-960. Let's go back to the phone lines for the final time. we got two more calls as we ra- start to wrap things up on our Flames Talk postgame show. We're kicking it off with our final calls uh, with David. David, uh, welcome to our Flames Talk postgame. What's going on? Oh, Mr. Steinberg, I'm tired, but I had to had to get a call into it. It's today. our How it's our. Doing, fu- I saw your I saw your tweet earlier. I didn't respond as of yet, but uh, this is your last Flames Jets game in the city of Calgary. Well, for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. Mo- moving out east, going to to Nova Scotia, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So I was kind of hoping the Jets would send me off with a win tonight. I think they played their hearts out. And I'm shocked that the last caller or one of your emailers there gave uh, Markstrom a B plus. I thought if that's not an A plus performance, I don't know what is. I mean, stealing a hockey game, if that doesn't get you an A at least, good gravy. Um, I don't know what to <laughs> what to say. I, I was actually really pleased. A lot of times when I'm seeing the Jets here in Calgary, they're very listless. They're not creating a lot of offense. But uh, – my take on the game is that the Jets were fantastic. They played really well. They hemmed the Flames in a lot. And I think the scoring chance – I don't know what the scoring chances are. It was a long train ride back to my house, so I have no idea. But I'm assuming that the scoring chances were heavily in favor of the Jets. And They were. Uh, just the awful, awful night for Hellebuck and it's a, a really stupid icing. <laughs> I mean, Hellebuck should send uh, Schmidt a bottle of wine because every Jet fan that I'm seeing – is like, oh, Schmidt is an idiot, and they're putting the go horns on him. And Hellebuck kind of stank tonight. Like he was, like he was, he made no big. He had like one, one or two good saves. But I mean, I'm sorry, it's the NHL. You're going to have to face some good shots. And uh, yeah, the goal thing was the difference tonight. I thought, I thought the Jets looked fantastic. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I really feel. Like I the they Jets, looked really uh, good, man. I they looked yeah. really. I thought Shifley had himself a solid game. I thought Connor was dangerous all night long. I thought Connor was probably the most dangerous player on the ice for either team. I thought Mangiapane was Calgary's best player, best skater, but I thought Connor was probably the most dangerous player. I thought Ehlers, after uh, you know having a, a little bit of a, a slower training camp uh, with the injury, I thought Ehlers had some really good stretches. I thought Morrissey looked great tonight. I thought the Jets looked really good. I thought Hellebuck stunk as well. I'm with you. I did not think that was a Vesna-like game from uh, your new uh, seven times eight and a half goalie. But I, I thought the Jets as a team looked really good tonight. Yeah, it was a really bad performance, and hopefully Ehlers isn't hurt. Apparently, I, I missed it. I guess I was in disgust when they got the empty netter. Apparently, uh, he went to try and block the puck or something, which was silly. I mean, it's like eight seconds left; the puck is going in anyway. Good lord! So I don't know. I mean, I, look, I'm pretty. I, look, I, I think if the Jets play like that, I think we'll do awesome and i think if the flames are going to play like that you guys are going to be relying real heavily on on Mark they can't play like and, this on a regular basis they know that no. and they won't i mean i don't think there's going to be a lot of nights where they're 35 percent on the five on five possession scale and they, they they've got a lot to clean up after one game but I, I don't think that there are things even talking to a couple people who are a whole lot smarter than me when it comes to the sport there are a lot of things that are pretty easy to clean up after this game so i don't think if what you saw tonight <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be the norm I, I think that uh, that that also is a bit of a talking point that sports people use the the easy things to clean up. Uh, I think the sometimes in life and in sport the hardest things to to clean up are little habits that creep in 
those are those are sometimes can be really hard to to get rid well, of. Well, but remember, uh, this is a Flames team that's really changed up a lot of their X's and O's, both on uh, on the attack and in their own zone. And and so I think a lot of the things that we saw tonight, when I say they're easy to clean up, it's more just they're, they're easy to clean up as a team just gets more and more used to doing some uh, new things or different things from an X's and O's standpoint. Good to hear from you, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Last call tonight. Let's say hello to Matt. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, not much to complain about tonight. Um. Definitely thinking though, I'm I'm kind of disappointed with our like neutral zone coverage, especially with that first goal. It just kind of seemed like we let him walk in the shot from a high slot. I don't know, kind of um, iffy. They always came back super quick. Yeah, I think coverage uh, as a whole, there were some there was some definite coverage issues in this game uh i think in all three zones especially in and around their own blue line i think they made some uh bad reads i think in their own zone there was some rough coverage reads from them so and 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 neutral zone i, I think there was a little bit too much space at times so yeah that's what it's what i keep saying like they they definitely have some things they need to clean up after this game and i i think that there are um and that they are actually fairly easy things to clean up and and I think they will just come with spending more time um playing the way Ryan Huska and this coaching staff wants him to play but yeah I, th- th- there's definitely some things that need to be cleaned up no doubt about it yeah I also kind of noticed you know it it almost seemed like we weren't collapsing as much we were trying to you know take away the the, the shot from the point uh, maybe a little too hard on on defense um, like you're trying to close down the points a little bit too aggressively. Yeah, yeah, like stay in between the gold, the the net, and the puck. You know, right? Uh, I didn't. No, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I didn't notice that myself. Um, but I'm I, again. I'm not saying that that's uh, that's a wrong uh, observation on your point. I just I didn't notice that myself watching the game tonight. No, that's fair. It was kind of only when they really broke down after a goal. Okay. Um, I guess one more thing. Um, I'm absolutely convinced that we're we're going to trade Hannafin and Vladar this year. If that happened, would you invest in a forward or a defenseman? Um, man, that's the only reason I hesitate in answering definitively is because I want to know what's going to happen with Oliver Shillington. I, when I say I want to know what's going to happen, it's like, no, no, I, I don't mean it like, give us an answer. Uh, it's more just like, oh, when when a trade potentially materializes, where are things with Oliver Shillington? Is is he moving closer to a return? Has he returned? All that type of stuff. Because that would change things. Um, or that that would change my opinion a little bit. I think... I think right now, let's just take Oliver out of the equation and and assume that he's not available to them if a trade were to be made. And let's just assume that the, a trade gets made like next week. I think I would be looking to get some sort of defensive help back because they're a little thin to begin with uh, when it comes to, to the blue line. Like I, I like their top four, um, and I like that they have that fifth option, whether it's Zadorov or Tanev right now, who's on a quote-unquote third pairing. 
But all of a sudden, I, I, I get a little bit more wary if you take one of those um, automatic NHLers out of the conversation. So I, I'd be looking, especially because um, Oliver Shillington's situation is up in the air, I'd be looking to get defense back, a younger defenseman, and, and maybe a, maybe not the same caliber as a Noah Hannafin, but I'd be looking to get a defenseman back, I think, in that type of deal. Vladar, I think you're getting a draft pick back if you make that move. Um, maybe not getting a roster player, but Hannafin, I think you would be getting a, a younger roster player and, and maybe a pick in, in a deal like that. Probably yeah, a pick. Yeah, I lean defensively pick. as well. Um, either way, now, thanks for your time. Now, if, uh, in saying that, if, Schill- if, in, if it's in three months, Shillington's back and playing the way that the Flames uh, remember him as and all that type of stuff, um, then then it's a different conversation and maybe it is a uh, maybe it is a forward. You bring up really good points. I guess I counted Shillington out, to be honest. And, and that might be the case. I, I honestly hope that's not the case just because I'm really rooting for the guy. Uh, but that, that might end up being the case, that, that he doesn't come back this season. We don't know yet. No, I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Pat. Okay, man. You have a great night, Matt. Be well, hey? You too. Okay, uh, and that will uh, start to wrap things up on our. Uh, that'll start to wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show on this Wednesday night. The season opener is in the books. It's a five three Flames win over the Winnipeg Jets. Time for your final summary. How do we get to, to our point tonight? Well, it went like this: Flames never trailed in this game. They opened the scoring at the twelve twenty nine mark of the first period on Andrew Manjapani's first of the season. Manjapani, the trivia answer to who scores the game-opening goal for the 23-24 season. Manjapani from Adam Ruzicka and Noah Hannafin at 12-29. Power play goal, 1-0 Calgary. Jets tie it a little bit more than two minutes later thanks to Kyle Connor, his first of the season from Dylan Sandberg and Neil Pionk at 14-48. Once again, Flames go back out in front by one at 17-50 on a McKenzie Weger goal. Weger's goal from the point is his first of the season. Nikita Zadorov and Walker Dewar the assists, and it was 2-1 Flames after 20 minutes of play. Second period, Jets tie again. Alex Aya follows first goal as a member of the Jets. is a nice redirect at 11-19. Aya follow from Dylan DeMello and Adam Lowry. It was a 2-2 tie, but two and a half minutes later, shorthanded. Flames go back out in front again. Rasmus Anderson rips home his first of the year from Elias Lindholm at 13-49. Made it 3-2 Calgary. That was your score after 40. Once again, Jets tie it in the third period. Mark Shifley with just over five minutes to go makes it 3-3. Shifley's first of the year from Josh Morrissey at 14-18, and it was a 3-3 game. We enter the final two minutes of the third period. Jets get caught on an icing, and the Flames go to work against a tired group, and eventually a great pass from Manjapani finds Elias Lindholm on the left side of the net. He buries it for the eventual game winner. Lindholm's first from Manjapani and Jonathan Huberdeau at 18-28 makes it 4-3. They add a Manjapani empty netter in the waning seconds to make it 5-3. Manjapani second of the night, second of the year from Huberdo and Lindholm at 19-53. Empty netter gets us to our 5-3 final score. Final shots, 38-21 in favor of the Jets. 
Calgary finishes one for three on the power play. Winnipeg 0 for four with the man advantage. Three stars tonight. Number three, Jacob Markstrom. Number two, Kyle Connor. And with two goals and an assist, Andrew Manchapani, your number one star tonight. With the win, Calgary improves to 1-0-0. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Pittsburgh. Winnipeg drops to 0-1-0. They're back in action Saturday for their home opener against the Florida Panthers. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson for our on-site engineers Tim Khalil and Randy Opperman for our reporter Logan Gordon and for our outstanding producer Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, live every game right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan as well. Next up for the Flames is Saturday night, as I mentioned. It's an early start, 5 o'clock for the Flames and Penguins, which means we're on the air with your Flames warm-up pregame show at 4 p.m. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week and into the weekend. Your final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight. Flames win their season and home opener 5-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.